0: Hello and welcome to the Development Debrief with Katherine Van Sickle, the stories-based podcast that interviews donors, thought leaders, and professionals in the field of fundraising. Hello, listeners. Good morning and welcome to the Debrief. This week, I'm going to be interviewing Marcella Hahn. And while she's had an amazing development career, we're going to be focusing on one aspect of her life, which is Women in Development New York. She is the president of the board of directors of this great organization, and we're going to learn more about how she's become involved and how important this group is. Personally, I remember when I first moved to New York City, I was told about this group and going to a luncheon at the former Princeton Club Um, meeting people in in the city, and just having a sense of how much bigger this field was than just me and my org, Columbia University, and my job, and really having some good context on what the opportunities were for me as I thought about a long road ahead. And so we're going to talk about how important communities are and how important context is. The other thing that that we're gonna explore is why it's important to have rituals or annual events that people can look forward to every year because it really marks certain memories and helps people to connect in different ways. And community is what keeps people going and it's what got us through the pandemic and it's what's going to continue to get us through all of the things that are ahead for us. Marcella Hahn is the vice president for development at Bank Street College of Education. For eight years, Marcella has served as the AVP for Strategic Partnerships at CARE, a leading humanitarian organization. In this role, she focused on corporate and foundation partnerships. Prior to CARE, Marcella was the fundraising lead for Americans for UNFPA, Grand Street Settlement, and Project REACH Youth. Marcella served as a Peace Corps volunteer and employee for four years in Senegal. She received an MPA from NYU and a BA from Cornell University. Marcella is the President of the Board of Directors of Women in Development, WID, New York. She lives with her family and two cats in Brooklyn and loves to hike, cross-country ski, and read mysteries in her free time. So let's get started. I have two exciting pieces of news this week. The first is that in just two days, I will be in New York City at Fundraising Day New York, which is hosted at the Marriott Marquis by AFP New York. And the Development Debrief will be doing its very first live episode. I will be interviewing Wendy Seeley, the Vice President for Development at the Guttmacher Institute. We're going to talk about how to respond when a crisis hits. We've seen more of this lately than it feels like we've seen in a long time, but How do development teams unexpectedly adjust their fundraising strategies? And how do you balance opportunities? What does it mean to have a 24-hour window in response to a donor? Wendy has a lot of experience in this area and she's gonna provide some really interesting tips for us to apply to our work and the plan is to get this on the podcast after the fact for people to hear i cannot wait to share with you guys what it was like to be there live and have that experience of the conversation on the couch with an audience i think it's going to be a lot of fun the second announcement is that there are two openings on my team which is parent gifts at yale university We are enthusiastically hiring for two open positions and want to make sure that anyone who's interested is in touch with us. So the first role is a gift officer position, and that officer will be raising meaningful philanthropic gifts. And I know we see, quote, meaningful gifts everywhere, and it means something different to everyone. But here, what it means is six- and seven-figure commitments to the university, and it means five and six figure commitments to the annual fund so you will be doing high level leadership current use gifts and you'll be working on capital gifts and the really cool thing about the parent gifts team at yale is that we are sort of nested in between the principal gifts team and the international team so There is just a bevy of talented fundraisers around at all times, and I have to say I'm loving it, and I'm thrilled to be fully staffed, but I think in particular this gift officer position is a real opportunity to soak up the skills of the talented people around us and to really thrive and build a multi-million dollar portfolio sustainable over a period of years. So I'm very excited about that. The second role is a development coordinator, which is absolutely critical to our team as we work on developing proposals for major gifts, briefings with the president, deans, high-level administrators, initiated, an initiative supporting Yale's mission. Um, the PC will draft a variety of written materials, in cor- including correspondence, sketches, um, things for our volunteer committees. So this is yet another really great opportunity for someone to be working with people at all levels of the university and with me and my great team who I'm just really enjoying working with so far. So if you are interested or if you know somebody who's interested in either of these roles, we are getting a lot of interest right away. So we are recommending everyone to get in touch This is a rare opportunity that I hope people will jump at. It's very exciting. I would be remiss to not share all of that, but I will now get us to what I know you all want to hear, which is our interview with Marcella Hahn and a conversation about women in development. Hi, Marcella. Welcome to the debrief.
1: Hi, Catherine. Very excited to be with you. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: I'm really excited to have you on because Women in Development has been an organization that I've really enjoyed being part of when I was in New York. I'm now in Connecticut, but glad to continue the relationship with you. And so I'd love for you to tell us and our listeners about what WIT is and how you got involved and maybe include your day job as
1: well, Marsha. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Catherine. Uh, so Women in Development is a grassroots organization. We're a community of women. Um, we were started very informally, I guess, between 40, 45 years ago by women in the development profession who you know, just felt like they were not receiving salary parity. They weren't having the same opportunities for advancement. Um, They didn't really have a network of peers with whom, you know, who they could talk to about issues they were facing in their jobs, um, promotions, you know, new career opportunities. So they came together and started scheduling regular lunches and then it evolved into this membership Organization that it is today, there are other WID chapters. So, depending on which direction you are going on Amtrak, there is a very strong WID chapter in Boston, um, and then WID New York, obviously. And I think that there are there are others, but I think what makes us kind of special is that we are, you know, we are just. A, as I said, a grassroots organization, and we're, we can be very nimble in that regard, and we mm-hmm. can kind of pursue things that are of interest to us um, without sort of having to worry about what a national organization might might say. And I became involved. I won't go into how long ago that was, but like many, probably like many of us, I was working at the time on the Lower East Side for a settlement house. I became the Director of Development after only two years in the fundraising profession. It was a huge step for me. Lots of imposter syndrome, which we can mm-hmm. talk about another time. And two um, two women reached out to me and encouraged me to get involved with WID. Um, Donna Rich, who many people in fundraising in New York know, and Kathy Gupta, who at the time was the Head of Development for Henry Street Settlement. And they both just were super supportive, encouraged me to start to attend WIT events, and I really found it to be the community that I was looking for where I could, you know, have folks with common interests and challenges and also, frankly, just make friends. And it was a great support system for me. So when I had the chance to give back by joining the board, and then by becoming president, um, I was very happy, happy to. Um, and by day, I am the vice president of development um, at Bank Street College of Education, which supports great teaching here in New York City and nationally, um, and also runs um, a sweet little independent school called the School for Children.
0: And that's right where near where I used to work. I heard an anecdote months ago from Aaron Dodd that through WID you became strong friends and then over the pandemic had these regular walks where you supported one another. I know it's sort of a personal story, but I think it's a little bit inspiring and just kind of shows some of the power of the WID network.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean we just we connected, we realized we both lived in the same part of Brooklyn and Yeah. Became walking buddies. We've since invited Laura McGinley, um, who's the head of development at University Settlement, to join our little walking crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's amazing what you can accomplish going around Prospect Park. Um, (laughs) You can solve lots of the world's problems in one hour and 3.5 miles.
0: That's right. Oh, it's a good distance. Yeah. So we were recently together at the Women of Achievement Luncheon, and for people listening, if you follow me on Instagram, and if you don't, I hope you will, I did a lot of videos and little interviews live while I was there, Um, and so maybe you saw it, but this was such a fun tradition. It was my first time to experience it, um, and I'm totally bought in, but curious to hear about how that tradition started and then other annual programs you host that listeners should know about.
1: Yeah. Uh, The Woman of Achievement Luncheon is like the highlight of the win year. It's at the plaza. It's it's kind of a in a very sweet way, kind of a throwback. And we honor an outstanding woman in our profession. It could be an outstanding fundraiser. So one year we honored Robin Merrill. Um, But it could also be just someone who's a powerhouse like this year, for example. We honor Deborah Borda, who is retiring as the president of the New York Philharmonic. And she was pretty great. She um, was close enough to retirement to dish a little bit in her speech, (laughs) uh, which was really fun. Um, And then a few years ago, we added what we call the Rising Star Awards, which recognize um, women who are at early stage of their career. So this year we honored Uh, Recognized Kathleen Burke, um, who's at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and Celine Patel, who is at um, iMentor. And um, Kathleen early in her career, Celine, a career changer. And that's added a nice element for us, I think, and also helped us to bring in a more diverse audience to the event and just kind of give it a more of a contemporary feel. So it's really a chance to hear, you know, from someone who we can really look up to um, their career journey and their career path. And even though I don't aspire to be the president of the New York Philharmonic one day, you know, it's it's a lot of fun to hear stories um, from women who've accomplished so much. A few of our other events, uh, just to name a few, we're, we have lots of events. We have a Women Who Lead event. For those of you who knew WID pre-pandemic we had these annual we had these luncheons several times a year at the princeton club and women who lead is the evolution of that we really um, like everyone had to figure out how to adapt our programming because of the pandemic and one thing we realized is that with people not coming to the offices often luncheons might not work. So women who lead is either a breakfast or a cocktail. And it's and features women who, again, are outstanding in their profession, who have something to share, you know, expertise in a particular area, or just in general, kind of our models of leadership that others can learn from. So for example, in the fall, we had, you know, the woman who leads the Brooklyn, uh, the Bronx Botanical Garden, we had, um Donna Lieberman from the Apollo Theater. So women like that. Another great event is the WID Forum, which takes place in March. And that, uh, I think you were one of our speakers, Catherine. I was lucky. Um, I was one of the Yeah. And that one is also, all these events, networking is a huge part of them because that's a big part of WID. Um, And that's what people want. That is what people want. They want to, you know, make, make informal connections, like I did with Aaron, that lead to right. jobs, friendship, just advice. So WIT Forum is, is fun because it kind of goes into, there's a chance to learn about a variety of topics and then an interesting keynote speaker.
0: And this year it was in Proskauer Rose. And again, oh, you know, there so. is something about being in either the plaza or an elite law firm that is really fun where you're not going to see a prospect. You're actually going for an event that's for you. It feels yes. different. Yes,
1: it's very sustaining. I think yes. it's just like, gives you a chance to step out of your day job and and think about things in a different way. And we try to keep things pretty affordable as well. Mm-hmm. So that no matter what size of organization or professional development budget, or if you're dipping into your own pocket, you can afford to join us. And I'll just mention one more. Um, and if anyone is interested in hosting one of these, I would love to hear from them. We do something called an insider breakfast. And in January, um, Donna hosted us at the Apollo Theater. It was amazing. She had four, they, you know, it was a breakfast. So we had networking, coffee and bagels. And then four of her staff talked about the development program at the Apollo, the amazing luncheon, ladies luncheon that they do, the big event they do um, every June. It, I mean, these are like iconic events in the industry. And then just to hear from her team, their firsthand was so much fun. And then afterwards, they gave us a behind the scenes tour, which was a real treat. So
0: So what does hosting mean? Like, does it need to be in a special space? How big are they?
1: Yeah, they can be, um, you know, that event was big. I think we had 40, 45 people because I think because it was the Apollo, but it doesn't need to be a special space. It's really any development team that has something that they would like to share, something that's Mm -hmm. interesting and would be a model that others could learn from. So we've had other places have um, a board chair of a capital campaign and the director of advancement talk about their partnership at the conclusion of a successful campaign, things like that.
0: Right. So this is a completely volunteer led organization and it is done out of the kindness of everyone's heart. You know, I think about Shout out to Linda Ortiz and all of the work she does managing the Instagram. And of course, you, how do you juggle it? How do you juggle a volunteer opportunity that you deeply care about, but that's not moving your bottom line when it comes to your paycheck and your career?
1: That is a great, great question. It's a two-year term. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a great boss. And obviously I discussed this with him before I took on this role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just carve out time. Fridays are often the day I'll do a little work during the day. Lots of evenings, eight o'clock is wind time. Lots of Saturday afternoons is wood time. But, you know, what really keeps me going is that I have such amazing colleagues on the board and among our volunteers, and I really it's really the way I try to lead in my day job as well. is just be the person to create the space for all these other people with amazing ideas and energy and leadership skills of their own to make really exciting things happen and sort of take care of some of those thorny problems so that they can really focus on whether it's designing great programs or putting out an exciting e-news piece or um, the social media. But it is a challenge because we're all volunteers and sometimes life does get in the way. So,
0: And you're doing a lot. And and I think part of that is strength in numbers. So Why should women listening who haven't been involved consider
1: getting involved? It's an amazing community. And we have made huge strides over the last 10 years or so to really make it a community where everyone feels like they belong. I think I used to joke about how intimidated I would be to go to those luncheons, felt like everyone was wearing a silk scarf and pearls. I've never quite figured out how to tie scarves. So <laughs>
0: the classic development officer look, right? Exactly. Like it used to be. It's exactly. not really
1: anymore. It's not. And, you know, it's wonderful to still, it's wonderful that our community still has people from that era in it. But it is also amazing to have so many young up and coming women women of different racial and ethnic backgrounds and we're really trying to think about how we can be a space where people who are don't conform to a certain gender identity can also feel like they're welcome and have a space and I also feel like there's something about coming to a WIT event. It's almost as if you sign something that says, I'll be open to meeting people. I'll be open to giving my email, my LinkedIn. I'll be open to a call or an email invitation for coffee. I'm sure there are times where someone's reached out and and heard crickets. But I think for the most part, if if you come to a WIT event and you meet someone who's interesting and you want to follow up, there's a lot of receptivity to that. So it's just a great way to build a network.
0: So you've talked a little bit about how it has evolved and it all sounds like great things. But what do you see for the future? I I think you're in your second year. Are you in your second year or first yeah, year?
1: Yeah, um, no, I will be in my second year in July. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're halfway through your term. So what, mm-hmm. what would you see kind of for your second year and then maybe five years out, what do you think is ahead for the organization?
1: It's all about that community and it's all about membership. I think because so much of our interaction, the way we live out our mission is through in events and through opportunities to network and engage, the pandemic was really tough on us. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing that back. I think, you know, WID has always been kind of out front on a lot of really interesting issues like Me Too in our profession. We were very proud after after George Floyd's murder and the sort of the start of the Black Lives Matter movement, we were one of the first organizations to be out there with an event looking at the experiences of women of color in our profession. So we would like to do more of that um, in a thoughtful way. We'd like to just continue to offer really diverse and innovative programming that gets people excited and you know, just continue to be a place even more where where women of a variety of backgrounds can come and experience the profession one specific idea that we've had is you know no few very few people at the age of 10 say oh i want to be a fundraiser someday you sort of fall into fundraising so how can we do a better job at introducing people in undergraduate institutions to fundraising as a profession is there a way to offer internships So things like that.
0: So this might be the hardest question I ask you, but do you have a favorite wood memory?
1: It's a really hard question. I think if I can say two, can I get away with that? Yes, you can. (laughs) Thank you. May I? Um, (laughs) You know, we did an event in 2018 on, um, it was our September member meeting on Me Too, hashtag Me Too in fundraising. Brooke Bryant and Yolanda Johnson um, put it together. We had someone from the Chronicle of Philanthropy speak. It was so, it was so powerful. And I just felt really proud of WID at that moment for addressing that issue. And then I have to say in recent memory, that event at the Apollo was so much fun. The, The feeling in the room, for a lot of people, It was like the first time they had come back out for a WID event and it just, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. It felt great.
0: That's awesome. Well, I would love to close with my signature question, which is what do you know for sure?
1: I know for sure that we are stronger together um, and our community is greater than the, the sum of the parts. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you do to make WID accessible, not only to all kinds of people in New York, but also making it great programming. You know, it's one thing to put something on. It's another thing to really have it be creative and interesting. And so I know I speak for many
1: when I thank you for that. Well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you for supporting WID. Thank you for being part of our programming and we look forward to continuing to work with the development debrief. Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free on-demand original series and podcasts all created with fundraisers in mind. We're thrilled to feature the development debrief on Evertrue Studios podcast network. Check us out at evertrue.com/studios.
0: Thank you for joining us this week. Whether it is your first episode or your 100th and 30th episode, I am so grateful to have you here listening and being part of our community. If you don't already, please check us out on Instagram at devdebrief. I'm always posting different things in between episodes and different things that I'm trying and doing. In two days, you'll be seeing a lot of coverage from Fundraising Day in New York, as I mentioned. But I hope that you were inspired by this episode to realize that if you don't have a WID in your community, that you can create something like that. And thinking about what that would look like for you. Would it be a focus on women or would it be a focus on something else? And what kind of hole could you fill? Just a few weeks ago, we heard from Mike Hoffman. And those are great events that he is doing in his region, bringing the different universities around him together. What might that look like for you? I want to close in reminding everyone that they can be in touch with any interest in the two open positions, and I also want to give a teaser for next week. As you know, it is Juneteenth, and I have a really exciting episode coming your way with the Wells Collective. This is an amazing group of women who do DEIB training, and they're going to really blow you away, as they did for me um, with all of the things that they have to share and so we have that to look forward to so have a wonderful week please be in touch on socials linkedin whatever it may be and i look forward to hearing from you